Where the hell were you? You just disappeared. Are you serious right now? I was at home, and Mia was venting her worry. I'm sorry, I was in the Black Lagoon. I tried to tell you. How was I supposed to know where you were when you just vanished like that? You told me to call an ambulance? Well, I did. And I didn't know what to say to them. There's been a police search going on for two whole days. People are trying to find you. No one at work knows where you went, and they're all worried sick too. I kept thinking they were going to find you dead, floating in the canal like all those other drowned people. You have no clue what you're doing. You're making us all sick. I couldn't bear to see her tears. I'm so sorry, Mia. I had no idea that this was going to happen. But you obviously did. You told me so. I did. But it makes no sense. A portal opened and I felt like I was only there for a couple of hours. At least she was upset. I know that's a strange thing to say, but I was experiencing the gross elation of a man who returns from the dead and is thrilled by the grief of those he has left behind. You better go to the grocery store today. I know, I said. Alex, you need help, and I'm not the right person to give it to you. I paused for a second. But you are. You are exactly the right person. I'm completely in love with you. I, I know you are. You make it clear every single day to me. I can't be your nursemaid. I'm not asking you to be. You're begging. In a way, she was right. But I didn't know quite what to do. In the back of my mind, I set my departure from the city, from Mia, for spring two months from now. For two months, I would go on celebrating this woman, this love. Did she understand me? Do I understand her? What about us? I wanted her so badly, so badly just to be happy with me. And it's just so hopeless to want a thing for anyone else, especially something like that. at the grocery store. I was sat down and informed that I was being let go. Due to their strict tardiness policy, two no-call no-shows equaled termination. Otto signaled me with a look, and we went for a stroll. I believe you wholeheartedly, she said when I told her my account, and I'm sorry for what happened. We let that hang in the air while we walked along down the busy streets. People were everywhere, going places in their cars, bundled up in jackets against the cold. Look, I'll miss seeing you at work, said Otto. Yeah, me too. I guess this is goodbye. I guess. Dude, you can always come back to the store as a customer, you know. Go home and talk to Mia if she's around. Get some rest. Next time you come back from the Black Lagoon, I want to know. We said our goodbyes and hugged. She turned and walked back in the direction of the store, her twin long braids swinging from beneath her black hat.
I did as she said. Only, I didn't feel tired at all. In fact, I was fully energized and wanted to funnel my vim into something productive. I was possessed by an urge to write, so I grabbed pen and paper and tucked into my bedroom to scribble in solitude. From down the hall, I could hear Mia showering. Her presence was real and reassuring. I took to my task with zeal. I loved the act of writing and the mysterious threads of thought that formed the tapestry of a story. That day, the words poured out of my heart faster and harder than at any time before. In an hour, 15 disorganized pages were scattered across the floor, and the energy was gone. I was good and tired. I had a quick drink of water and sank into a very heavy and deep sleep. My dreams were full of symbols I could not put names to, and I was swimming through murky waters. Bubbles streamed all around me. Terrible and wonderful fantasies filled these realms. Merciless crows moved blackly like shapes behind a screen. Upon returning to waking life, I made some ginger tea and paced around the living room. Mia was gone somewhere, and I had nowhere to be, no one to talk to. That changed promptly when, upon returning to my chambers, I spied O.B. himself, honeybee striped sweater and all, thoughtfully picking up and reading the various pages of my manuscript. He turned calmly to meet me, and his eyes were clear and bright as a sun shower. It's not bad, your writings, he said gently. Some fuzzy descriptions, sure, but overall there's flow. Huh was my enlightening response. Thanks? Love! suddenly shouted the owl boy. Love, love, love! He excused himself sheepishly. Then, I wanted to talk to you. There wasn't time at the bar, was there? You made it past the guardians, didn't you? I mean, it's obvious by the fact that you live. Um, I stammered. Wait, who runs the bar when you're away? This the Owl Boy ignored and continued his patient monologue. The Black Lagoon, as I know it, is changing. Weird things are happening. It's changed, rather. Completely, even. Something has happened out here which has affected everything there, and I'm pretty sure, well, I don't know. What hasn't changed? It's like its DNA was scrambled by a two-year-old with a Rubik's Cube. I mean, everything is different now, but at the same time, it's the same. Uh... The owl boy seemed to be muttering off into his own worlds of thought. I could hardly follow what he was saying. I let him spin his wheels. For another longish minute he contrived his longish ramble, then he seemed to snap out of it. 
notice my presence and come back. I wanted to talk to you, he repeated. Yeah, I know. What about? I wondered if I was going to have to explain more of my personal challenges to this fluffy anthropomorph. I understand it all. What happened to the Black Lagoon and what is happening to you are intricately linked. They are? Of course they are! How? Love! The fish were completely gone from the trees, understand? That is a big deal. And so special they returned, of course, but somehow not. Not special at all. Regular, even. But what about the trees and the spiders? The water? I don't know. And you, you did it. It was you. You can do more, right? The owl boy obviously had a full mind. When he spoke, he either kept it damned back, as in the Oasis bar, or he let it spill over. Was I supposed to save the Black Lagoon or something? Archetypal, certainly. But I'm not a hero. I don't think I can help you, I said. The Black Lagoon is mysterious, yes, but it keeps messing me up. It doesn't matter, shrieked the Owl Boy. It will keep coming after you. Without a shred of warning, he flung the pages of my writing up into the air and went sputtering around the small room in a frenzy, hooting and chirping fiercely. At that moment, the lock clicked in the door. Mia's singing filled the hall, and then a cheerful, Hello? The owl boy froze in his madness, quickly turned to look at me, and jumped through the open window. Hey, said Mia, peeking around the doorframe, her good mood restored from her early morning yoga class. Why is your room such a mess? She turned around and went back to her bedroom. Why had the owl boy vanished in such a hurry? It might have been convenient for him to stick around and provide some evidence for the truth I was telling. I peeped out the window for him, but predictably, there wasn't any trace. Yes, and he had managed to destroy my bedroom in the process. What could I do? I picked up the papers and organized the things at my desk. I told Mia I'd been fired, which she absorbed disinterestedly. I called my mom, who was intensely relieved to hear my voice. What a weird day. I had some deep thinking to do. I closed my bedroom door and lay there with the lights out for a good while. I wished Mia would sneak in and cuddle with me, but it seemed like that was never going to happen. In sadness, I read a chapter of the novel I was reading, and when I could take no more, I put out the light, fitfully tossing for hours before sleep came.
Hey, what's up, people? This is Alex Khalil, aka FP Lion. Just letting you know that this is where this part of the story ends for now. Hopefully, you got some laughter and enjoyment out of it. This story represents the dual accomplishments for me of writing something I feel proud of, as well as putting those words into engaging audio. I want to thank all the people involved with this project. First, the musicians, especially Jesse Gallagher, Jeff Martin, and Rachel K. Collier, whose audio magics are liberally sprinkled throughout the five parts of this story. Uh, next, a very special thank you from the bottom of my heart to the people whose likenesses appear in this story. Mia and Otto, Alex, Brendan, Timothy, Emily, Peter, and Kathy. I am already working on a new project related to this one. If you want to support this series and you liked it, um, and all of its future iterations, thank you. You can Venmo me directly at Alexander C. Khalil. K A L I L is Khalil. Yeah, I think that's better than subscribing to the Anchor FM channel or Patreon or anything like that at this point. The profile image is a picture of me wearing a tall yellow hat with small red polka dots. Any support is much appreciated, and it goes towards making future versions, iterations of this project. And yeah, thank you. If you would like to reach out to me directly, feel free to send an email to Alexander Charles Khalil at gmail.com and I will get back to you. Okay, with love and blessings until next time, this is Alex FP Lion signing out. Peace.